0: Hello and welcome to the You Play Rugby? podcast by the University of Leeds Women's Rugby Union team. My name is Joy and I'm the club captain and today we're joined with Marley Packer who plays for the England Roses and Saracens. She has over 70 England 15 appearances and has won many honours in her rugby career including the 2020 Saracens Women Coaches Player of the Season. And it's an absolute privilege to have her on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today on the You Play Rugby Question Mark podcast. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to kind of delve into your rugby career and the life of a professional rugby player during COVID. Um, And then we'll be followed by some questions from the University of Leeds Women Rugby Union team. So for anyone who lives under a rock, could you just give a little background about your rugby career? So kind of what got you into rugby?
1: Um, so I went when I was about five, six, a, a school friend, their parents took me uh, my mum thought I was going to go watch, but actually I was playing and I've never looked back since. The uh, worst nightmare. <laughs> years ago now.
0: Yeah. So how long exactly did you say you've been playing for?
1: Well, I don't want to say it out loud, oh. <laughs> but probably about 25 years now. Wow, that's
0: cool. <laughs> and so obviously you've be represented um, England Roses and Saracens. How were you scouted or how did that work?
1: So back in the day, it wasn't so much you got scouted, Mm -hmm. but you went to certain trials that then they picked you up from. So uh, for me, I got picked up, I went to the region of Southwest region. So that's like Exeter and down down the South. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was the only person picked up from that squad for that year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I must have been about... 14, 15 oh, wow, that's, yep. and that was like junior, that was junior performance camp and that was held up at Loughborough University mm-hmm. um, and I got selected for that for three years running. The second year I went I got most improved player and I just think like I found, uh, I found myself within rugby because at the time I was playing hooker mm-hmm. which so I swiftly moved back to the back row in that second <laughs> year which obviously uh, has been my position and then uh, I just feel like I came a bit more into myself, like on and off the pitch, mm-hmm. uh, which then I think just kept on leading me to obviously play for England. Mm-hmm. Went to an under-19s trials and uh, got selected there. And it's just been like that since, really. Did mm. so you played for England since you were 19? Yeah, so I played at under-19s. Mm-hmm then it moved to under 20s which i was there for for 2 years i captained the side as well and yeah. um, within that time i got selected for the england senior team um, in 2008 uh, it, the europeans over in amsterdam and i started the first game and it's kind of weird because selection back then wasn't a whatsapp message or something like that it was you know, we were all sat in a room gary street like the flip chart flipped over this bit of paper and the squad was like the team was up oh my and the whole squad sat in the room so Maggie was on the tour with us as well and I was starting seven so you know nobody knew me I was this little <laughs> 18 year old I say 18 year old kid because that's how I felt sat in this room with yeah. all these senior England players and I was starting seven it was pretty pretty amazing to yeah. be fair how times have changed <laughs> yeah how times have changed yeah uh, like It did change throughout as well. Like So I can remember like, as different teams come out, we used to get letters under our door of the squad just so then like, everyone was comfortable. With, we weren't all in a room together. Uh, it then it went on to, at a certain time, the team was going to get put up on a projector. You go look whenever you want. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it, times have changed, but a WhatsApp's much more convenient. Than
0: yeah. Today. So I was also wondering... Kind of how has your training yep. been affected by COVID? So you said you're back to training. Is it completely normal now?
1: No, it's far no. from completely normal. Um, but it, we're very privileged and lucky to be doing mm. what we're doing. Um the, the whole time over covid it's been difficult for me especially uh in january last year i had an ankle operation that took me out of six nations mm-hmm. um so i had surgery then we had lockdown in march so basically all my rehab i had to do myself all, oh, all hands-on physio was not 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 being allowed to go ahead so we had some treatment at the end but Actually, lockdown's been very hard through COVID. Like, through COVID, mm. like Coming back and returning back fit has been quite difficult and mm. a challenge. Mm. But it's been real positive at the same time because it's like those baby steps you're doing by yourself. And then when the physios did input, it was like you then made massive gains mm. very quickly. Mm. So, um, But as in training itself, we have to hand sanitise after so many minutes um we're only allowed to do a certain amount of time in like the red zone so we call the red zone like the contact zone yeah. so um that's very uh, different than before because before it never really mattered uh, for england camps now we have a proper covid test the day before we go in then when we go in we still have to social distance wear our mask all the time uh, when we stay overnight, we get a room to ourselves, which I pretty much like, to be fair. Yeah, I think that's... Obviously, David Oliver at home now is... I like a good night's sleep. Yeah. But you do miss your roommate, like Natasha Hunt, Mo Hunt, my uh, roommate. Yeah. And, like, you do yeah. miss each other. Like, we, we're in our rooms. We FaceTime each other just to catch up because it's like the norm when you're in camp. Um But, like you know change it is what it is and all of these the, the practices that are put in are to keep everyone safe around us and ourselves so we just got to make sure we're dear to them and just make sure that we're, we're doing all that we can for for everyone around us
0: I guess everyone just feels happy you can finally get back to some kind of training so
1: yeah yeah most definitely and and, and I think that, that that's the main thing we all want to be playing mm. uh, the laws have been changed for the women's game to mm. carry on with the Allianz Premier 15s this season and adapting the laws is some people say it's good some people say it's bad but like I don't really mind either way because we're getting to go out there play rugby the game we love mm. and you know people are getting to watch it on stream which is, is a real positive thing and real positive for women's rugby
0: yeah it's funny I've um, done a couple of talks about how amazing it was it was the England and France doubleheader where you guys were put on BBC2 <laughs> and I've been trying to tell everyone I know like make sure you watch them because we need to make sure they keep getting streamed.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I think like the numbers from the BBC um, has been really good and positive for us and like people are wanting to watch women's rugby. Yeah. Um, like, it's a fantastic game. Like, I think like, I, I quite enjoy playing, watching women's England matches probably more than men's just oh, yeah. because like, there's not so much kicking, the ball's in play longer and like, it's a physical game and like you see some players and you just think, wow, just wow.
0: That's really funny you said that because I actually gave a talk the other day and it was about the differences between men's and women's rugby. And One of my points was that I actually think watching women's rugby is more interesting because I feel like it's just more of a varied game and you end up seeing more breakthroughs and it's less specific set moves that you often see in the men's game. It can be quite stagnant. But I just think the women's is a lot more flexible and it's, it's, it's more interesting to watch.
1: I genuinely think so. Yeah, I just think like obviously the men, that like they have power plays, it's a physical game, mm. but like there's a lot more kicking, like kicking dishes. Like England, obviously, ladies uh, have got a good kicking game going, mm. but actually, um, the ball is in play a lot longer, so you get to watch actually a lot more rugby.
0: Yeah, we didn't sign up to watch kick tennis, so that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of the double header in France, what was it like traveling over to France in November, um, kind of with COVID? What were all those restrictions like?
1: Oh, it's a bit surreal, really, because. Yeah. We were very privileged, so we went over to Italy to play the last uh, game for with Six Nations, which I thought I was never going to be a part of, yeah. which was pretty incredible we We weren't in lockdown for the Italy uh, game uh we got to go into like the vip lounge through heathrow terminal 5 so like you think this is like just you go through normally and then go to your lounge no we didn't even go through normally you go to like a specific place and it's like where all the royals go and really like important people we were like blown away by it (laughs) then we got taken to our plane and uh it was empty, so it was just us on this massive plane. No, like we had like a row in front of us, a row behind us free, and then like the two seats next to us. Mm. Like this was lux- like this was luxury travel, to be fair. <laughs> so that was that. And then when we went over to France, it was a bit different because obviously we were in lockdown over here in the UK, and they're in lockdown over there. Mm-hmm. So then we went to Terminal Five, and we actually went through like the normal terminal, but because no one was traveling, it was empty. Mm. So it was a bit sur- like like surreal as in like there was no one there none of the shops were open and again the plane was just us so um yeah travel's very different and like it was nice don't get me wrong but I would rather not travel like that to make sure that everyone else was safe than the way we had to travel
0: sounds like such a surreal experience
1: <laughs> yeah yeah no it was but like making sure that we're all safe and that how we're traveling is mm-hmm. is obviously making sure but I'd rather that We we didn't have to be in lockdown in that all the airport was open because I like my airport shopping.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. I got a train the other day. um, I went for an assessment somewhere, so I was allowed to travel. um, And all of the shops are closed everywhere. And I just wanted a cup of tea, but you just can't get anything because everywhere's closed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is, like that. One of them things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I've got 10 questions written down. I don't need crazy answers, but these are just questions that the girls from the team have asked specifically for you.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you want.
0: So... The first one was: Are your socials as messy as ours? So, um, <laughs> without getting into trouble or anything, is there any? Do you guys have funny socials? Are there any funny stories you can tell us about? You must have known this question was coming up.
1: Obviously, we do have socials, but it tends to only be at the end of tournaments or a specific time in the mm. season. So, like a Christmas social, as different as all teams do. Um, I'm usually tucked up in bed by 10 o'clock, so I don't know what happens <laughs> at the end of them so shorts. Nice. <laughs> Is that an all right answer? That's, for that's perfect.
0: <laughs> so, do you have a favourite match or a favourite memory with either of the teams that you've played for? Something that really stands
1: out? I think probably one of my favourite matches slash moments rugby. I say 2014 World Cup, but the semi final. Okay. So, I came off the bench and I scored two tries against Ireland in that semi-final but when that final whistle went like you looked around and you looked at the squad and the feeling it was just you knew you're a very part of a very special squad Mm -hmm. and that we were going to go and win that world cup there was nothing that was going to stand in our way um and I think that was the moment that will always stick with me as in part of that world cup obviously like winning a world cup was obviously it's like the most amazing thing ever Mm. but that game and how we finished it and how we were as a group was something very special
0: Mm. it's interesting you said the semi-final yeah it's about that feeling I guess rather than just winning so
1: there's a time when, like everything you've worked up to, uh, it, like the previous, like to the, what, that World Cup, whatever, all the training games, the, the training sessions, the early mornings. And back then we weren't professional, so we all had jobs outside. Mm-hmm. When that whistle went in that semi final, it's just like everything we had worked on to get to where we were was just all clicking, and we were, yeah, we were just firing on all cylinders.
0: That's really lovely. <laughs> so this is quite a hard question as well. Do you have a
1: toughest player that you've ever played against? I don't know, like, there's a few players that always, like, stand out to mm. you, like, that that you like playing. In, in sevens game, um, there was always a couple that you would think. And then I just think as a, more as a player, but as a team, like New Zealand, I wouldn't go player, I'd go team. Yeah. So... I don't play I don't play against her, but I play with her. But I probably say I wouldn't like to play against Poppy Cleo. <laughs>
0: yeah. She'd be my own. The answer would have to, it, to, it, to be all the girls that you play with, so you're probably all right answering that question. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah no so when it, when we're in training like going against her she just she reads the game so well but then she's also she's a very good cheat as well which then obviously me I me and her get quite frustrated with each other in training sessions which is uh it's obviously a good competition but it does get heated up every now and then
0: I think that's good it's a contact game so. yeah this is also I feel like these questions are quite tough but um do you have a kind of a best piece of advice that you've ever been given by a coach or something that someone's told you that was really memorable?
1: Uh, yeah, I think for me it was like, it's a bit like your toolbox. So you coaches will tell you loads of stuff and some coaches you'll like and some coaches you won't like. But there might be one little thing that they tell you or teach you that you go, oh yeah, that like... Like clicks with me I like that way of doing that so like take what you can from like the coaches or the people you can and put it in your toolbox and you never know when you might need it mm. and like so just take what you can from people and like just always like don't have to be all of it but like little bits from different people and yeah and you can always use it in the future.
0: So what does a typical match day look like for you? Do you guys have any pre-game rituals that you like to do? Or? Uh,
1: so I think internationally is very different than club, especially club with COVID at the moment. Uh, so match day for England would wake up, have breakfast, depending on what time. And we'd like to have a little bit downtime usually to get our hair done. Uh, getting our plaits done is quite a pivotal a time in the day that we need to get it done because obviously the person that's doing it also needs to get ready and prepare for, for their match day routine as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then we just usually do like prepping priming, which is some stretching, some games, just to relax a little bit. Then we usually have a little bit more food. Uh and then if it's like a two o'clock kickoff, then we will have a forwards meeting and a team meeting and then we'll go to the ground. If it's like an evening kickoff, then we'll have a bit more downtime, then we'll have food again. Like literally match days, sometimes all you feel like you do is eat. Um and then we'll have our meetings later on and then go off to the ground but for club wise uh I'll get up have some breakfast travel to wherever I need to be and then we do a little bit of like team meetings and then and then go out warm up and play so um yeah you do mostly like all of your hard work out yeah, on a Thursday night before club games obviously doing your analysis knowing how you want to play on that day so mm. that's the way we look at that cool
0: that's a nice insight thank you so, was there any so, times that you considered quitting rugby? And if so, what stopped you?
1: Ah, uh, quitting rugby. <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, uh, at my local club, it must have been like under 16s because it was like a, like, when it turned into the girls' team. Um, it just, like, I just struggled with like the players around me. Um, I had a bit of a a falling out with the coach and then it it just came a bit, a bit hard and I had to like change clubs. Mm. Um, And that was quite a hard time for me. And there was times probably then that I thought about quitting, but I'm so pleased I didn't quit because like, look at me now (laughs) kind of thing. That's what I, in my head, that's what I say. No, I don't say that out loud to people, but like, I feel like if I, if I quit back then, then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be sat here doing this podcast with you today. I wouldn't be like, marley packer and england red rose which ultimately is is the most it's made me as a person and and the person i am today and i love being a part of part of being a red rose no 100 percent.
0: it's good that you're confident about it and you should say it like that because it's such an amazing achievement so yeah definitely
1: um yeah and i and i feel like like now especially becoming a mum like I want it's not just about the younger generation to like want you guys to aspire to be an England red rose player, whether it's boys, girls, anybody to to play for their country, like I, I want to aspire my own son to, to be able to achieve whatever he puts mm. his mind to achieve or whatever he wants to do. But one day he can look back and go, Oh, that was my mummy doing that or yeah. that was that was Mar- Marley doing that, whatever he wants <laughs> to call me kind of thing. Yeah, oh that's lovely.
0: Be exciting when he can actually have an interest in rugby if, if he chooses to do that and can see you play he'd be so proud it'd be lovely
1: yeah no I think it'd be awesome if he does but whatever he decides to do it'd be you whatever do. he decides to do at the moment I'm just dying for him to come and actually watch me play yeah. because he, he's watched me on the tv now and he, he puts his little Saracens kit on when he's when I play for Saracen <laughs> yes. um so yeah I just hopefully one day he'll be able to come and watch me real life soon well hopefully soon maybe even this year we'll see <laughs> yeah
0: so I'm sure you've had loads of injuries in rugby, but um, the girls are kind of asking, when you do have injuries, how do you keep your head up and how do you keep motivated when you're going through something like that?
1: Yeah, I think it can be really difficult and every, everybody's different. So like uh, nobody's the same in how they feel and uh, you might pick up an injury and it might be a couple of weeks where someone might pick up the same injury, but it might take them out for six months or something like that. So everyone's different. But I just feel like setting yourself small goals so sometimes you could say, like, I, I need to be back for this game, but actually take it back smaller, like, do it, like, weeks or progressions like that to what the injury is. Because if you look too far ahead, you're putting yourself on pressure at early doors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girl who asked that um, said a couple of injuries, so hopefully that'll help her
1: out. <laughs> yeah, and, and just, just keep going with it, like... Rome wasn't built in a day, and it definitely had setbacks. So, like, make sure like it's not it's not going to define you who you are just because you you you've got injuries. If anything, it makes you stronger in the long run. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the last question was asked by Rosie Blount. She actually she, she plays for our team, but she also plays for DMP Sharks. She asked this as a joke, but I'm gonna ask, okay. Yeah, she asked this as a joke, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Um, and she asks if you will let her run around you now and again rather than smashing into you in the pitch. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm guessing no. <laughs> she's fast enough. No, she's fast enough. She can run around me. Feel free, but <laughs> no. So, I have to do some sprint training. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, be- I'll make sure I look out for her on the team sheet. We've got them in a couple of weeks' time. So I should have said that you're gonna oh, you take that out. out there there. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, I think I've kind of grilled you in your rugby career enough. So um just to finish off, I've got a couple of quick fire questions.
1: Yeah, go on, hit me.
0: Yeah. If you had to choose another sport other than rugby, what would it be? Football. Football. Very quick. Well yeah. Would you rather be able to keep on playing rugby but never be able to taste again, or be able to taste but never play rugby again?
1: Oh, I think play rugby, because if I couldn't taste, then I wouldn't eat so much, then I wouldn't be so fat.
0: That would be, co- be, be a win-win
1: situation, I reckon.
0: Okay, yeah. there you go. <laughs> um, and finally, what's your pint time? How quickly can you down a pint? <laughs>
1: I've never timed myself, but I can imagine
0: pretty quick. Okay, pretty quick. So um, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Um, It really means a lot for me to be able to speak to you and for the girls to hear from you, to hear about your inspiring rugby career and to just have uh, a role model on the podcast. So thank you so much.
1: No worries at all. And if anything I can do for in the future, just let me know. But um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the You Play Rugby? podcast today. Be sure to check out our Instagram at l-u-u. W-R-U-F-C, and our Twitter at L-U-U Women's Rugby for updates on our upcoming podcasts and episodes and to follow our rugby journey.